We've got blood, we've got destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-league wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, it is Sev. Hello, Brian. Hello, AEW Galaxy. I've got a simple little stable for you this week, and it's Tony Khan. Bubba the Love Sponge and Wardlow and it's called Tony and Wardlow sitting in a tree K-I-S-S-I-N-G <laughs> Tony Khan fucking loves Wardlow oh that's funny dude that's funny but hey I mean I think we kind of saw that coming right with the TNT title <laughs> I didn't to be fair but I should have yeah you definitely should have it's a, it's a hot potato title man it's a hot potato title but that's a good stable I like that one I do like that <laughs> one. Is that the one you were going to use last week? Had we recorded? Couldn't have been. No, no, it definitely wasn't. Curious what, what yours last week would have been. Oh, last week's one was, it was Goldberg, Robin Williams' daughter, Big Show, uh, Maria and Mike Canellis, and Matt Taven. It was called The Legend of Zelda, oh, God. Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Big Show and Nick for tears? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. Course. <laughs> oh man yeah sorry we did not record last week and post an episode i was feeling a bit under the weather i could not stop coughing my voice was really rough it's still not the best this week i am still coughing i'm still congested you could probably hear me sniffle from time to time on the episode today um but we're gonna do our best because i don't want to skip another week and i and i have been quite a bit busier at work so just getting things done throughout the week now is a bit of a challenge. So we need to do everything we can on the weekends. Uh, but apologies, we did not record last week. Um, that's going to happen from time to time. It's happened before and it will happen again, I'm sure. <laughs> Special shout out to Occam's Laser for the excellent intro theme to the podcast. Go check them out where you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed there. Please take a moment and do us a favor if you'd be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on. Drops a quick rating and a review. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zenku. So do we have anything over the last two weeks crazy that we need to open the show with? Anything major we need to talk about that we haven't already covered? A certain somebody that uh, can't stay out of the news in the wrestling world. Are you talking about uh, Mr. CM Punk? Yeah, unfortunately I am, yeah. <laughs> the best in the world? Not quite. Oh, I thought he was the best of your world, at least. No, he's the best at being angry. <laughs> he's on his way back, man. Apparently so. He is on his way back. Supposedly, he will be back on June 21st, right? Mm -hmm. That is when AEW will be in Chicago. And that is the rumored week that AEW Collision, the new Saturday show that is yet to be announced, is set to debut. And what it sounds like, at least what the reports are leading us to believe, there will be a unofficial brand split within AEW, right? I, yeah. I swear to God, I hope they don't actually brand it as a split. That would be a mistake. Leave it unofficial if so. But with with certain guys that just appear on the Saturday show and and certain guys and girls, I should say, on both uh, for, for Dynamite as well. Um, now, there will likely be a lot more crossover, but I have a feeling this just means certain individuals are exclusive to Dynamite and exclusive to Collision, right? 
Punk exclusive to Collision. Omega and the Bucks probably exclusive to Dynamite. I think that's exactly yeah. Without that's exactly what it means about the brand split, right? Yeah. That's literally it. <laughs> that should literally be it. <laughs> punk, FTR, and then anyone Punk never brought muffins for. Well, even um, FTR, they're working in the same locker room in the same backstage environment as Omega and and the Bucks right now, so they can. They're not the issue. Yeah. They don't help the issue, but they're not the issue. Yeah, yeah, they definitely don't help the issue. I don't know. I'm not sure I want a brand split. I don't want a real brand. No, I don't want a real brand split. Like, I don't want there to be draft days, right, for AEW. Like, that shit bugs the absolute hell out of me in WWE. I never liked that. I was never a fan of the formal brand split. I do not want a dynamite roster and a collision roster. I don't want a video game coming up in the future. AEW dynamite versus collision 2024. Like, (laughs) that's fucking dumb, dude. Here comes the pain. Here comes the Monet. Here nope, she resigned Monet. with NJPW. Didn't she have a contract extended, didn't she? Yeah, that's what I meant. She signed she she signed her uh she signed a contract extension. Um Yeah, apparently till the twenty first of May. Yes. But she has just dropped the title. Did she lose? Yeah. Oh, well then okay. So maybe she doesn't stick it well, she's gonna stick around. She's been saying she wants to live in Japan at this point now. She's having a she's she's having a blast over there, dude. She doesn't wanna leave. Yeah, she's yeah, she's wrestling all her favorite people, people that have inspired her, so you're good for her. Yeah, she doesn't wanna when leave. When she's ready, we'll be waiting. Tony's ready. When when she's ready, Tony's ready, because he's he's ready to throw money. I mean he threw money at Commander. Congrats on getting signed to him. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, did you see that Trinity was backstage at GCW on uh, Saturday night? I didn't. I heard some things about Trinity. Uh, she could do stardom, but because of the like the pandemic and stuff, they're like they're shrinking their expenditures, so they didn't think they'd actually have room to pay for her or something. That's why she hasn't appeared. Yeah, I don't so. think she does. I actually, I, I was very interested to see if maybe she was gonna have an on-camera appearance. So she was backstage at the uh, scene of the crime GCW event, which was in Orlando, Florida. Okay, yeah. Which is where she lives. Um, but she never appeared on camera. But it would have almost made sense because the current GCW champion right now is Masha Slamovic. So, uh, like, the main event of that pay-per-view, if you want to call it that, was Masha taking on Sawyer Rex. So it was two females in the main event of GCW. Okay, uh, yeah. It's not something that they're opposed to doing right now. I was thinking that uh, Trinity might make an appearance after the match, but it was Blake Christian instead. So Fair, fair. I watch GCW every time it's on now, man. That's like my... So if we count AEW and Ring of Honor as one, GCW is like my third favorite at this point. If we counted Ring of Honor separately, it'd be my fourth favorite, but I count AEW and Ring of Honor as one, uh, New Japan being my second favorite still. But I I am really into GCW lately. Uh, I watch the AEW stuff. I watch Impact uh, every week. I did start watching NXT before WrestleMania, and I've uh, given up on that now. I'm done with that stuff. Just not good. Yeah, it, it's all right. It's just the WWE Network. The episodes of NXT go up like a week, over a week delay. So like I got a stand and deliver before I got the previous week's episode of NXT. <laughs> and it's just like at this point, I'm not prepared to wait over a week to watch an episode when I already know what's going to happen on it now because of all the chatter online. So yeah, that's fair. It. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, man. At least we haven't had, like, overload of wrestling like we did the, for a few weeks there. 
There's been a decent amount of stuff as of late, but it hasn't been overwhelming. Paying attention to what you pay attention to, paying attention to what I pay attention to, I feel like we managed to get through everything each week, which is kind of nice. Now, granted, in my spare time, most of my time, you know, if I'm watching TV, it probably is watching wrestling. I don't watch too much other stuff, but I also don't watch a lot of TV in general. Like, if, if wrestling wasn't on TV, if it was just on streaming like YouTube or whatever, I would never watch TV. Like, the only reason that I generally watch TV anymore is to watch wrestling. I don't even really watch movies that much anymore. No, no not really. I'm either watching wrestling or top 10 JRPG lists on YouTube. Well, it. see, I don't count, I don't count YouTube shit as, as watching TV. I mean, I guess in today's day and age, it, it really is. But Yeah, yeah. But, but you know. Anyway. We'd skipped a week, so we didn't talk about things that happened during the week of April, I guess, 9th through the 15th, that would have been. Uh, I don't even remember what I took for notes for the Dynamite and Rampage, so um, hopefully there wasn't anything crazy that I really wanted to talk about. Uh, I already deleted all my notes for those shows. Yeah, I've deleted my notes. Uh, Jeff Hardy came back. That was cool. And Oh, by the I way, he looks through. great, dude. He does, doesn't he? He like, actually, like, him. he actually looks clean. Right. I don't know. Tony said he'd have to stay sober for a while before he came back. So it looks like he's put you the can, work in. Like, um, his, specifically his chest and his stomach, right? You could tell before there was a little bit of, I don't want to say bloat, but kind of, right? But, okay, yeah. but now, like, you can see he looks, honestly, man, in the best shape that he's probably looked since the late 90s, early 2000s. I can definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, the only other thing I can remember from last week is Ty Valkyrie versus Emi Sakura uh, was actually a pretty decent match. It was a fucking great match, actually, yeah. Yeah. It really was. It really was. And I and I did like the interference, or the, the attempted interference from Jade and mm-hmm. uh, Layla Gray as well, so... Yeah, yeah. Would yeah. have been number one on my rampage. I think it would have been on mine too. Um, nice, nice. I am looking forward to that match on Wednesday, to be fair. Jade and Taya. I really am. I want to see what they do. I'm dying to see what they do. Right. <laughs> Got fingers crossed for a good result. Yeah, me too. So we'll see what happens. But let's go ahead and run down some results before we start talking about Dynamite this past Wednesday, which I should have been at. It was in fucking Britsburg, but I wasn't there. That's okay. I'm only an hour away. Should have bought tickets. Going back to April 17th, we are talking AEW Elevation. This was taped at the UBS Arena in Long Island, New York. Just four matches. Maki Ito defeated Ashley Dambois. Did not realize Maki was on that show. I guess I need to watch it. Uh, Angelo Parker, Jake Hager, and Matt Menard defeated Jack Tomlinson, Mike, Mike Magnum, and Zach Clayton in some trios action. Private Party, nope, Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy. I just saw Isaiah Cassidy's name first. Defeated Bobby Orlando and Brett Goslin. Forgot Mark Quinn is injured. And then in the main event, Emi Sakura defeated Mizuki. So cool seeing her over here. I think this was, yeah, that was when, so Mizuki wrestled, that was the one that wrestled, uh, I think, Billy Starks at that TJPW show over WrestleMania weekend. So this was filmed, I think, right around the same time of WrestleMania weekend. So some of these Joshi stars were still over here in the States. So yeah, TK sure probably Mackie just using them like Ito as well, now. right? Yep, because she was on that yeah. same show. Yeah, she said she tweeted she'd be back in May or something. But yeah, she's gone back to Japan. Now. Yeah, I'm actually gonna have to go back and watch this. I might watch this one when we're done. I did not realize both Mizuki and Maki Ito were on this um, elevation. That's kind of cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, only four matches, which is kind of sad. I feel like <laughs> the elevation definitely got the short end of the stick here, dude. With uh, with Ring of Honor now being filmed at the same time that Dynamite is, and Elevation used to be as well. 
a, a lot of the matches that used to be on Elevation are now just on Ring of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Um, you'll see what I mean when we run down Ring of Honor later this week. There was a lot of non-ROH representation in Ring of Honor this mm-hmm. week that I thought was a little weird. So you'll see That's what I mean when we get to that. Going to Dark, Tuesday, April 18th, filmed at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. We had seven matches. Juice Robinson defeated Pat Buck. I like that Pat Buck wrestles on Dark. That's funny. Uh, the Renegades, Charlotte and Robin, which they did mention on commentary. Uh, what was it? Um, where did Charlotte wrestle? She wrestled somewhere. Oh, it was in Ring of Honor. I think Rickaboni said that they actually aren't twins. So there you they go. They aren't twins. No. They are not twins. They are just sisters. They are not twins. Uh, but Charlotte and Robin Renegade defeated Brittany J and Kaya Dream. Cole Carter defeated Hunter James. The Iron Savages defeated the Trustbusters Jeeves K and Sunny Kiss. Marina Shafir defeated Dream Girl Ellie, which cool seeing her on Dark. Jorah Joel and Rahit Raju defeated Ariel Levy and Jarrett Diaz. And in the main event, Christopher Daniels defeated Angelico. I hate that Angelico is still a jobber. Right. It really, really bugs me. <laughs> but this is not a bad-looking dark, to be fair. Yeah, I might stick it on at some point in the background. Yeah, not a bad-looking dark. But let's go ahead and jump to Dynamite. We actually had a pretty uh, pretty jam-packed Dynamite. I We didn't talk about it. I ranked eight things. I hope you did, too. I got eight things. Okay, good. Hopefully they're the same eight things I ranked, and I'm sure they are. Right. This was last Wednesday, April 19th, at the Peterson Event Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I did not change anything from last time, but I think it was you taking the lows and me taking the highs since you have the segments, right? Yeah. So would you like to kick us off with your number eight? And I'm very curious to see if it's my number eight. Okay, so uh, number eight for me, Dynamite this week, is going to be uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Acclaimed. Okay, not my number eight, but my number seven. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of notes on this one. This was over before you knew it. Um, I think it was okay. It was decent, right? It wasn't anything spectacular. It la- it actually lasted longer than you think it did. It lasted six minutes and 17 seconds, according to Pro Wrestling oh, wow. Fandom. Um, fair, fair. A lot of it was just fucking around, though, right? It wasn't a yeah, lot of yeah. wrestling. Um, I did like the rap from the acclaimed um Max saying we'll knock the taste of Jericho's penis out your mouth. I thought yeah, was kind of funny. Yep. But most of my notes for this match were all comedic notes, right? So I I really enjoyed when the crowd was chanting we want daddy and then Jake Hager went over to Daddy Magic and started r- rubbing his nipples and tagged him in. <laughs> <laughs> and they said I'll call I say they all they think they meant the other daddy, not Daddy Magic. <laughs> Uh, during picture in picture, Daddy Magic yelled "suck my ass" to Billy Gunn, which was interesting. Okay. Um, which caused then, like two minutes later, Billy was getting ready to hit his famouser to uh, Angela Parker, and he's like, "suck my dick." And then uh, at one point, Parker was backing up in the ring with his comb right after he went to try to use it, and he backed up into Daddy Ass. And Taz on commentary is like, "Big ass Daddy's behind you." And then the commentary <laughs> table just immediately goes silent and you can hear them all trying not to laugh in the background. Uh, those were my notes from this match. Otherwise, it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, fair. I know I know we've got a Crotch Jones in there. Um, but apart from that, I can't remember much more. Yeah, I, I do think that um, uh, they likely will be feuding through the pay-per-view at this point, I would assume, right? I can't imagine this is over yet. 
I can't imagine it's got much legs, really. I, you would hope not, but then again, what else are these guys doing right now? So when is the pay-per-view? In like four weeks, isn't it? It's about in a month, yeah, May 28th, so roughly a little over a month. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we are getting that then. Be a buy-in match for sure. I was going to say, it could be. even be a buy-in blow-off or something, right? It doesn't have to be a main card blow-off. It's not that exciting, so... No, <laughs> um, number one on my list I did think was very exciting. Now, I think you're going to go one of two ways with your number one, um, knowing what happened on this Dynamite. But for me, and well, you, though, you could surprise me. Uh, for me, though, number one is Jay White taking on Commander. Okay. No, I had that at, I had that at number three. Okay. I gave this a nine out of ten. I didn't give anything a perfect ten this week on Dynamite, but I did okay. give this a nine out of ten. Um, I gave this a 7.2. Oh, damn. Okay. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a great opponent to put in there for Switchblade Mm -hmm. as his debut match in AEW. Um, Like I said, this is the match that got Colmander signed to AEW. So I think my, maybe my hype, uh, my hype level was a little higher for it as well because I was happy for him. Right. I mean, that's, that's a cool thing. Um, I think it's inevitable that we are going to get more members to Bullet Club Gold uh, since they keep referencing it so much and, you know, having Juice come out there with uh, Jay. It just looks a little weird with two people and you're calling them Bullet Club. Usually Bullet Club is like 10 fucking plus people. So I do think we'll at least have a couple that I want to speculate on here. Uh, in a yeah, I've got, I've got a brilliant little segment that I was going to... Um shuffle into this oh perfect you want to get through the match yeah we'll get through the match first and then we'll go do (laughs) one of Seb's new stupid booking ideas um i gotta say man i used to i I don't remember who i used to think had the loudest chops in the business or the most devastating sounding chops but i think it's jay white they're definitely loud aren't they oh they're loud as fuck they are so loud uh commander's chest was destroyed and when he wrestled Elio Del Vikingo at GCW's Into the Light event on Friday night, like two nights after this, he still had marks on his chest and back from the match from Jay nice. White. <laughs> he got the ever-living oh, wow. shit beat out of him, dude. You could tell. But, I mean, it, it sounded and looked so cool. Um I thought it was weird that Sean Spears was watching from the crowd at first. So my face came over with dread when I saw Sean Spears in the crowd. I was like, oh, gosh, they're going to put Spears in the bullet club. I thought so, I too, like, right? That was my that was that. my thought. <laughs> that was my thought was that Spears was going to be a BC Gold member. Um, I even had that right afterwards because I didn't realize what was happening. I said, is this a potential new member to BC Gold? Um, but eventually he's just started holding up like letter or numbers on it, like a four or a Six or a nine and then turning it back into a six right like kind of mm-hmm. grading what jay white and eventually commander when he did his pillar to post run and twisting moonsault that always looks amazing um spears held up a 10 after that but that reminded me so much of diamond dallas page and johnny b bad from like the okay. late 1995 era wcw when they were feuding over uh the diamond doll ddp's wife kimberly Okay. That reminded me so much of that when Kimberly used to hold up numbers and then DDP and Johnny B. Bad were fucking around with each other in the feud and like grading each other's stuff. Uh, I really appreciated that callback. I don't know if that was a callback, but I appreciated it. Um, what the hell did Commander do at one point? There was this insane sequence where he bounced from the middle rope to the top rope about 17 times. And on commentary, they said he rewinded on the ropes or some shit like that. <laughs> but at the end, I mean, he he did fuck up the Hurricane Rana at the end. But that entire sequence was beautiful. Yeah, I think, like, he did some little flip onto the rope 
and they sort of botched that. And then when he got on the rope, he did he bounced up and down for ages. Um, and then he, as you said, he fucked up the Hurricane Runner. I don't whether I don't know whether like Commander just takes time to like settle himself. So maybe he was bouncing back up and just being like, no, I'm not ready to hit it yet. Uh, bouncing back down because I noticed when he like when he does his walk rope thing, sometimes he like prays and then you know what I mean. He takes a long time to set up all his spots. Right. I wonder if it is right, like continuously jumping back up and down to get the right footing. Maybe he's waiting for the right spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It could be. Or it could just be a visual thing that is, is meant to just look cool, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. But I will say, um, because, what is it, two weeks ago when we talked about him and we talked about the match, or maybe it was three weeks ago, um, because he does repeat a lot of the same spots over and over and over again in moves, at least with the top rope shooting star press. He hasn't done that much since, right? He hasn't he hasn't tried to hit that like three, four plus times in the match like he was there. Um, and I think he is trying to showcase that even though he does this crazy shit, he can do other crazy shit, too. Like there yes, are other yes. things he hasn't shown us yet. So he's not just this is all I've got type of a thing. Yeah, I did call him a one trick pony a few yes. weeks ago. Um, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's making steps to prove me wrong, which is good. Which is yeah, what I yeah. But Switchblade did eventually pick up the victory here, right, with the Blade Runner um, that Commander sold the absolute shit out of. I will say he sold that beautifully. Uh, his face looked like he was dead, so good on him. And then afterwards, we had a beatdown from the Bullet Club Gold, which, I mean, I guess we just can say a beatdown from Jay and Jay and Juice right now. Jay and yeah. Juice. That should be their tag name. Gin and Juice? Jay no, and no, no. We got Jay and Juice. Jay and juice. Rolling down the street, sipping on Jay and Juice. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> they had a beatdown on Mr. Spears after the match because of the uh, shenanigans, and he was saved by Ricky Starks. Absolute Ricky Starks. Yeah, so they're going to probably form a little alliance, aren't they? I would assume so. Maybe get a tag team match out of this, probably, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you got a segment? Yeah, and uh, since we saw uh, Sean Spears in the crowd, wait does this does this need a does this need an audio cue? Is this a is this a Bullet Club segment? No, this is a, a self got a stupid idea segment. Oh, okay, dang it! What do you got? <laughs> so um, yeah, since we saw Sean Spears in the uh, crowd, and I thought he was going to join the Bullet Club, and the Bullet Club does need new members. I thought of a segment uh, for Tony Khan, and this is um, I've read the whole segment out, so I'll read it to you. And this is essentially you've seen America's Got Talent, yeah? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this is called Bullet Club's Got Talent. Okay. Um, and this will be like so. This a is a, this is a segment you want to see on Dynamite. This is not a segment for us. No, this is not a segment for us. This is a segment for TK. Like I said a few weeks ago, I want to see Daddy Magic rap, and that happened. Sure. Okay. You're you're trying to you're trying to pull some strings now. You think you got some clout? Okay. I see. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, this is Bullet Club's got talent, and it'll basically be uh, Jay and Juice sat at a table in front of a stage, uh, and the first contestants to come along is going to be the Guns, obviously. <laughs> like they they do a rap. Austin's really good. Colton tries, he fucks it up. They get him off. Um, next, Nick Camarato comes on. He oh, does God. some juggling. Oh, God. And then he chucks his lollipop in the air. And Big Bill kicks him out of the way, catches the <laughs> lollipop, puts it in his mouth, and they go, and he goes, I'm seven foot tall. Juice looks at Jay, and he's like, dude. Jay nods his head. Next, we get a, uh, oh my a, God. a tall man with a pixelated face, because he doesn't want Jericho to know, but we can see a purple hat on his head. <laughs> and they shake their head. Next, we get Lufa and Serpentico. Serpentico shoots his streamers, and then Lufa's just doing his blah. 
and they shake their head. And then the next thing you know, four silhouettes walk in. You can't see who they are. Jay looks at Juice and they go, we find our guys. Those four guys, Swerve Strickland, Khan, Toa Leonoa, Brian Cage. Okay. So you think that the mogul embassy, whatever they're calling themselves, eventually become Bullet Club Gold? I think the real merger, yeah, is that they all join. Like, realistically, I wouldn't put Brian Cage in there, but I think totally an But he would fit, to be fair. He fits. He fits. Yeah, Khan, but definitely Swerve Strickland should be the one to join Bullet Club. Okay, okay. Like the, I like this segment. <laughs> I like the idea. <laughs> you put a lot of thought into that. I did, yeah, to be fair. Nicky boy. Dude, good shout. Yeah, if you had to pick anyone from the roster, who would you put in there? Um, Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks in the Bullet Club. That's not bad shot. I would think I would, and I'm hoping that's where they're going with this, to be fair. I hope Ricky ends up turning on whoever and aligns with Jay and Juice. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of my thought. I'd be happy with that. And I'd be happy, happy with, with that. I'd be, I'd be happy with, with that still happening, even if we got Bullet Club Gold's got talent. <laughs> 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 because, again, I do think there will be a multitude of members to PC Gold eventually, right? Like, mm-hmm. this could be the stable in AEW that has had the most members so far when all is said and done. It should be because that's how Bullet Club usually is. Yeah, yeah. I think the most we've had in an AEW stable is five, right? Like, that seems to be our max. I think technically the JAS, because they've got 2.0. Uh, yeah, I guess Jericho. they have, I think they have seven right now, don't they? Yeah, yes, you can't tie in. Tie in Anna, well, which you have to, right? They are... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess they do have seven. So I think that definitely is the most we've ever seen in AEW so far. Mm-hmm. Most have been as low as three. Well, shit, as low as two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now as high as seven. But I think usually they tapped out at around five before. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I could see BC Gold getting to seven. I could see them getting to ten, dude. I could see this getting NWO numbers Um, if they do it right. If they don't do it right, then, you know, then you just have a bunch of nobodies in a stable. So. But that's how the NWO was, too. A bunch of nobodies in a stable. Yeah, he was just adding people for the sake of adding yeah. people. Vincent and Scott Norton and uh, NWO Sting. <laughs> wolf pack. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, like, fake Sting at first. Not, uh, not, okay, not yes, real yes. Sting. The, the NWO fake Sting that we had there at first. Um, just a bunch of random-ass people. Yep. All right, uh, back to you. Show number seven, then. So number seven, talking of Jericho, this is the Jericho versus Adam Cole face-to-face. I had that at number six. Okay, so I will say... Uh, you've not off, hit my uh, eight yet. We've You've no. not hit my eight yet, yep. Yeah, I like I like the Jericho's reaction to being called Jagoff. I'm guessing that's some, like, Pittsburgh term. It's, um, yeah, term. it's not definitely not an American thing. Um, Pennsylvania has some weird vernacular. Um, okay. They, they have words like jag off which you know i mean that's easy enough um but they also say yins a lot with y-i-n-z yins which means right. you like you guys or you all what are yins doing what are you guys doing right um they just have some weird stupid words that nobody else ever says ever so <laughs> oh, okay. i think they try to make cool but no one else thinks they're cool uh i, I think it's maybe a, a historical thing to the location might go back to some some early and ancestry or settlers that that landed in that area but i don't quite know for sure um but yeah we did get a little brawl jericho and cole sort of got angry at each other uh, jericho Jericho pushed him right pushed him a little bit yeah jericho was wearing a big spiky jacket jericho looks great by the way he does not look like he's i I will say that he does not look like he's in his 50s he really doesn't 
Yeah, fair enough. Um, that's look good. And then Garcia came down. I'm not sure if anyone else from JAS came down. No, it was just Garcia. Then... It was just Garcia. Just yeah. Garcia. And then uh, Britt came down and she gave Jericho a slap. And then the outcasts appeared from underneath the ring and they handcuffed Adam Cole to the ropes. And then they were going to kendo Adam Cole, but then turned and they kendo Britt and made Adam Cole watch at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Brit scream, Brit screaming out for Austin, right? Not for Adam Cole. She was screaming out for Austin uh, to to add some realism to the segment. That being Adam's real name, Austin. So okay. um, to add some realism to that segment there, um, which I thought was a little corny, but it does add some heat and some reasoning now to the eventual Adam Cole and Jericho match at Double or Nothing. So. Do not think at this point we're going to get Adam Cole and Brett Baker versus Jericho and Soraya. Ooh. Maybe, actually. Maybe so. That might actually be it. But then that, I, I was almost thinking that, I mean, Jamie clearly is going to be defending the title against somebody in the Outcasts at the pay-per-view. At least that's what it seems to be. I was thinking it might be Soraya. Fair. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know, to be fair. She has been through Ruby and she has been through Tony at this point, so Soraya's really the only one left. But I guess they could take it in either direction. Uh, they, they could go with a mixed tag here for the pay-per-view, which I wouldn't be opposed to. I mean, for me, you kind of like Jericho matches on pay-per-views are usually on like the lower end of the the hype factor. And then I've also said I'm not a massive fan of Soraya. So if we can get Soraya and Jericho in the same segment, then we can get out of the way quickly if you get it. <laughs> okay, fair. You're just being selfish here then, thinking of yourself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to see what I want to see, don't I? Fair. That's fair. But yeah, um, I didn't hate this segment, right? But... Um, mm-hmm. I, I did think it was a little silly, especially when they when they got into Cole apologizing and that's all my fault. Is it really though? Was that the backstage bar? Yeah. <laughs> Is it really all your fault? I mean, she ran down. She ran down. Yeah. How's that your fault? But whatever, you know, take the blame. Be a good guy. Take the blame. I guess. Yeah. Uh, number two for me is the in-ring segment with the elite. I almost put this one at number one. But Did I didn't. you? I put it at number two. Okay, so you had that at number two as well. I was thinking you might have put this at number one. Um, <laughs> I actually was thinking you might have put this at number one. Uh, so we, I, I am really happy that Kenny Omega's mullet is growing back in. Mm-hmm. That makes me so happy because that's giving him, you know, his actual real cleaner look that he was running with at NJPW there for several years. Um, you know, they come down to the ring. They call out the BCC. Danielson appears on the big screen, distracting them, which causes Mox, Claudio and Yuta to attack from behind. Um, we get a nice all out brawl across the building uh, through the crowd kind of stuff, which I do appreciate. And then obviously the Blackpool Combat Club kind of gets the upper hand. Danielson comes out with a mic to talk to the amateurs that they just beat down in the ring and then uh, we get Don Callis to appear Um, he has a steel chair in hand and they're trying to get him to come in right they're like you know trying to make him come all the way down but he gets scared he runs away but reappears with Konosuke Takeshita Takeshita. who gets in there and aligns with the elite makes the save and uh, now I think we have some interesting things to talk about of what could come out of this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. I know because you said there had been some speculation that maybe this is going to be we're getting swerved here. There could be. There could be. Is actually going to join the Black the BCC, right? Yeah, there, there's some the speculation with that Don and Takesta will turn for whatever reason. Um, I don't know the reasoning yet. 
But for whatever reason, they would turn on the elite aligning with the Blackpool Combat Club. And if we're getting blood and guts out of this, right, our 5v5, Takeshita would be the fifth for the BCC, which then gets us Hangman involved um, for the elite Omega the Bucks, but also a potential debuting Kota Ibushi. Oh, because okay. what they're doing right now, look at what they're doing. They've replaced Ibushi with Takeshita, right? So this Wednesday on Dynamite, it's Kenny Omega and Konosuke Takeshita taking on the Butcher and the Blade. I'm already seeing people refer to Takeshita and Omega as the Silver Lovers. <laughs> Yikes. So they've replaced Ibushi, him and Omega being the Golden Lovers. With mm-hmm. Takeshita. So there could be some jealousy there, um, especially if Ibushi appears before Takeshita turns. Now, I don't know if he will, because granted, we're only a month away. Ibushi just had a story run not that long ago where he was hoping to be talking to Tony Khan about appearing at All In at Wembley Stadium. So yes, yes. there's potential that this just leads to Takeshita aligning with the elite. Um, and if that happens, I did see there could be potential for Blood and Guts to be a trio's Blood and Guts this year. Um with 4v4v4. Okay. So Blackpool Combat Club, right? Danielson, Mox, Claudio, Yuda, Elite, Omega, Bucks, Takeshita, Hangman, Dark Order. I did, okay. see, I did see that they could do that, right? So it could be Hangman, Uno, Silver, Reynolds, or Hangman, Silver, Reynolds, Stu, right? Could be something like, like a combination because they've all been technically involved in this feud at one point or another. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Um, as you said, they've all been part of the feud. I think putting Takeshita into the Blackpool Combat Club is probably the quickest way to get another person on their side if we are having a 5v5. Right. Um, unless they just bring in someone new. But the Ibushi thing's a good show. I would like to see that. I think he'll be I think he'll be he'll be in AEW before the end of the year. At least for some appearances, but I think he's signed before the end of the year. I really do. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's publicly saying, I want to speak to Tony Khan, I'd like to be at All In and all this sort of stuff, that is pretty much, they just have to shake hands and agree on a number, don't they? And right. Away they go. Exactly. But yeah. I put this at number two because I was super happy that Takeshita um, essentially getting pushed into the spotlight. Yep. I mean, this is, a, this is a main event push, realistically, right? So... Yeah, regardless of whether he hangs with the elite or he goes and joins the BCC, this is now Takeshita in full force, in storylines, actually being utilised. So, yep, agreed. Excellent stuff. Agreed. All cool. right, back to you. Back to me. Number six is the killer in the pillar versus the outcasts. I had that at number four. Number four. Brian, what did you have at number eight? <laughs> oh, I think I might know now. That's fucking <laughs> Yeah, so um, I didn't like that the outcast interrupt Britt Baker's entrance, obviously because she's in Pittsburgh. She did get a pyro, pyro came off, um, but they did jump her. And then I thought the match went okay. Um, I will say I think I do now hate the spot where someone's pinning someone and then the opposing team like pushes the opponent on top of them to break up the pin. Like the last few times I've seen it, the the person that gets pushed onto the pinfall usually stands there for a little while and it looks super obvious. Right. Um, you can tell it's coming. You know what's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. Hater like stood there for a little while, just waiting, and then Ruby just like pushed her with both hands and she sort of like went, whoop. 
fell over and I was like, come on. If she'd have pushed you at any other point with two hands, like she just, just stood there and took it. But no, <laughs> she fell onto there. She fell on there. Um, Britt did do a Panama Sunrise. Uh, not as good as Adam Cole's one, but hey-ho. Uh, and then we got a locked jaw. And then they made a fairly quick exit, didn't they? And I put they're playing up this. Um... I think Jamie might have got legitimately injured because they didn't, they didn't show her on camera after. And she did scream something out like right okay. th- there was at one point when i was watching i heard her like scream out in pain so i think something may have legitimately happened and i'm hoping that's not the case uh there hasn't been any reports that i've seen but um i do know that you know she was basically already under the ramp right like she was she went out the side exit with yes, the trainer yeah, yeah. Or, or doc sampson or whoever was already basically getting ready to go back through the curtain on the right hand side and Britt ran out the ring right and caught up to her like you could tell she was concerned so i think mm-hmm. something may have legitimately happened yeah so we did get like a, a rundown on rampage and they did show a little clip of like yeah she was sat against the stairs and then i think soraya might have like whipped her arm into the stairs and then tony ran and kicked it so they showed showed it there and then it does like lead into the reason why hater didn't come down and save brit while she was getting the kendo things um so yeah it, it could be a work or she could be uh legit injured but if it is a work then it's a so it was a nice little way to do it was it, well done I mean? it was well yeah, done yeah. knowing what was going to come later in the night it was well done at that if that's the case yeah i'd definitely be into it yeah i did um, too like i said i thought she was legit injured yeah we'll see we'll see if she gets a match on the card um and we know she's fine. If she is injured, then I just hope that they wheel her out at all in. Just just get her out on stage. Just wheel her out there in a yeah, wheelchair. Yeah. Like Brit's old role model wheelchair. Right. She deserves the home country pop, bless her. Um so even if she is injured, just bring her out in some capacity. They still have not said all in is gonna be on pay per view yet, man. I am really scared that, that show's not gonna be aired anywhere. <laughs> and that's gonna piss me off. Like, that's gonna piss me off. I wanna fucking see that show. <laughs> It better be on pay-per-view. I will shell out money. I'll pay 60. I'll pay more than 50. I just want to fucking watch it. Pay UK prices. Pay 20. Will we pay for pay-per-views? Damn, I wish. I wish. Uh, my number three is going to be then your number one. It has to be. And this is the main event. The pillar tournament match. Sammy Guevara taken on Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Yeah, it was my number yep. one. I thought this was a great match. I actually gave this also a 9 out of 10. Uh, my one, two, and three, I all thought were fantastic, so I gave a nine, right? Jay White, Commander, Tequesta joining the Elite, and this main event. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put them in the order that I did, because that was my personal enjoyment level. Uh, the intrigue entering this match, I thought was fun, right? With MJF potentially paying off Sammy Guevara to get him a spot in the main event of Double or Nothing if he chose to lay down in the ring, right? Do a maybe a finger poke a doom spot or something like that. Um, MJF backstage with Guevara, right? Like, gives him a blank check. Write any number down, right? Right, I'll pay you whatever. And then Sammy and who he it was Renee. Sammy and Renee yeah, were kind of yeah. like giving eyes to each other. And he writes a number. And she's watching. He's and she kind of laughs. And Sammy hands the check back to MJF and says, "This is your number." MJF's like, "Fine, you know what? Fine, we'll do it. Fine." <laughs> and then yeah, they instantly yeah. become best friends. <laughs> so you seen um, on Twitter now? There's clips of them having like uh, yes, like cat play dates calls. and shit. Yeah, cat yeah. play dates. <laughs> It's a total sub thing, right? They're just having their cats on fucking cam and 
Little, right. play, little play dates together. Uh, this is brilliant. I absolutely love this storyline now. Um, I do think even though we are having this pillar tournament with Sammy taking on Jungle Boy here and then the winner getting to take on Darby Allen, who um, was very excited to find out he got a bye, right? Heard him on the mic. Woo! Screaming out like it was kind of silly. But um, he was watching from the rafters during this match to see who'd be facing uh, this week on Dynamite. And they did say this was the first time these two had wrestled, at least in AEW, Sammy Guevara and Jack Perry. Um, Jungle Boy hit a nice ass flying Canadian destroyer off the top rope. I don't think we've ever Dude. seen one done like that before, and that was fucking awesome. Mate, these days the the Canadian destroyer variations are becoming thick and fast. Like everyone's coming up with new ways to do them. Now. Well, Vikingo does the one on the apron, right, where he jumps off mm-hmm. like the middle rope usually, or the top, sometimes the top rope, and he'll kind of slingshot over the opponent and do a Canadian destroyer um, on the apron. But this one had some distance, man. Jungle Boy jumped like three-fourths of the way across the ring um, and managed to seamlessly grab Sammy and and Sammy obviously jumping at the exact right time to pull off the Canadian Destroyer. This was this was beautiful. This was amazing looking. Correct, correct. I did like um, Sammy, they called it an implant DVT, but I've seen other people refer to it as a mass driver. Yeah, it's a, some guy from Japan used to use that as his like finisher all the time. It's a, it's a sick looking move, dude. I mean, he'd, he'd definitely spiked Jungle Boy with that one. That looked It looked rough, but it was definitely a very cool-looking move. Um, and I did I did give a holy shit when Sammy um, drop-kicked Jungle Boy off the turnbuckle to the table. Oh, you're flying face-first into that table, dude. He <laughs> right. flew. He absolutely flew. There was some velocity behind that drop-kick. Yeah, you see people take, like, bumps off the fall out of the ring and stuff, but no, Sammy just fucking drop-kicked him. He's like, get Whoa. Um... Yeah, yeah. Apart from that, the match itself was full of like Spanish flies and apron power bombs and yep. poison back, ranas. Back to and... back poison ranas. Yep. Jungle Boy hit the hidden blade, which um, makes me wonder if Jay White is not going to use the hidden blade in AEW. Okay. Because he didn't use it during the match with Commander. He used the Blade Runner. He did not use Hidden Blade. Yeah, he used like a, a cutthroat suplex and then he used the Blade Runner or something. Yeah, so. exactly. So I'm wondering if maybe he's not using Hidden Blade in AEW, which is why Jungle Boy continues to use it. Because now that Jay White's here, you would think if he's using Hidden Blade, Jungle Boy probably wouldn't use it so often, at least. Yes. Um, but Jungle Boy getting drop kicked into the table eventually led to the referee counting the 10, right? Um, MJF appeared as Sammy was distracting the ref once he got to like nine because Jungle Boy would technically got back in the ring in time. Uh, MJF pulls him out and then knocks him out with the dynamite diamond ring, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, solidified the 10 count, which means Sammy Guevara advances to the uh, next round of the pillar tournament to to face Darby this week on, on dynamite. Yeah, that's fair. It's all a swerve. No, I it is. What's going on. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, the same thing's going to happen this Wednesday. Something's going to happen where MJF assists Sammy to get the victory. The match at double or nothing is still going to be a fatal four way. Yeah, yeah. That's it will eventually fair. still be a fatal four way. I didn't think it at the beginning of the show, but by the end of the night, how the main event played out, I was like, okay, I obviously understand what's going on here. Yep, this is, this is literally... Now, granted, I'm surprised they didn't spread this out a little bit. Like, I'm surprised they didn't announce that this past Wednesday and then maybe have the first match that's coming up Wednesday and then the second match maybe two weeks later because they still need to make it to the 28th. Okay. They're yeah, blowing yeah. off these two matches before the end of April, so we still have an entire month after that. And uh, man, oh man, do I not want an entire month of build to this match. <laughs> that being said, back to you, Sev. We have two things left, my number five and my number eight. 
I think it's time to knock off number eight <laughs> on your list. I'm open. So anyway, uh, that's going to be the opening segment, the Pillars promo. Where'd you have this ranked? Uh, number five. I had that number eight. Yeah. Um, I like the Tony Schiavone, uh, as Sam Guevara was coming down, he goes, everyone hates Sammy, except maybe his parents. And it's kind of without missing a beat, but she's like, no, they hate him as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was very funny. Um, I thought they were, I thought they were doing okay on the mic. Um, no, they weren't. Time, no, they weren't. As time, as time went on, I was like, they're just spinning wheels here. We're not really. This went way really too long. Yeah, this yeah. went for 12 minutes until MJF's music hit. 12 minutes of back and forth between these two guys, and none of them are good enough yet to carry a 10-plus minute opening show promo. Had no. this been stuck in the middle of the show somewhere, I probably wouldn't have hated it as much. But because this kicked off Dynamite, this is what you're putting on to try to capture the audience that's just tuning in at the start. Fuck, if I was a casual, I would have turned it off because they're not that good on the mic. None of them sound yeah. that believable. Yeah, I think uh, I think my heart raised a bit when MJF's music hit. So thank fuck for MJF. No, absolutely. I think everybody was like every report that I saw, like everyone talking about it, reactionary. Man, I was so happy, uh, so happy when MJF's music hit because he saved the segment, and that's literally what he did. And he didn't even do much. No, no, he announced that uh, he announced the thing, gave Derby the bye, um, and good luck beating each other, be, beating the other little shit out of each other because you both suck. And then he was like, "Man, sir, he hit my music because I'm sick of looking at all these people." And then off he went. Well, that was the best part of the segment. Yeah, and it was like two minutes max that part. <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't like anything about this. I really didn't, and I, and I, that's why I don't want to see a month long build to a fatal four way main event pay per view match. I think it would be boring as shit hearing these guys go back and forth on the mic for an entire month. Yeah, maybe we just get Jungle Boy MJF promo, Jungle Boy Sammy promo, Jungle Boy Derby promo. That's how he builds his three weeks of it. I hope so, but then again, I don't even know. I think this this is being stretched out. Uh, way too long i think they should have started this build like everything they started a month ago probably could have been starting right now like there could there could have been as if i thought this was initially going to be the stopgap match to double or nothing um since it's not there should have been a stopgap feud for mjf like a small one before we got to this yeah see i, I thought the jungle boy was going to be the um that little mini feud before we got to adam cole or something but. exactly exactly there should have been something like that for mjf even if it if it was so obvious that he was going to walk out still with the title it still wouldn't have then led us to two plus months of of this pillar fatal four-way stuff because it's just gone on too long at this point it's gone on way too mm -hmm. long so there's one thing left, Brian. My number four. And in my number five. So we had these ranked pretty close together. That is the TNT title match, Powerhouse Hobbs defending against Wardlow. Uh, we had some big meaty men going back and forth. Pretty sure Taz even said big meaty men on commentary during this match, yeah. which I kind of appreciated and laughed at when he did. Um, it was entertaining. I think this match was was not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It was actually good. The crowd was really behind this match. I mean, they were on fire for a lot of it, actually. So you can tell that, you know, live crowds and um, audiences are still very much behind Wardlow because the crowd was pretty hot for this match. Um, Art Anderson came out with Wardlow, you know, Wardlow getting some backup from Arn because Powerhouse Hobbs has um, QTV, right? And we had QT and Harley out there with Hobbs for this defense. I do think Harley is basically AEW's version of a 2000s era Stacey Keebler. Yeah, yeah. I can um, see that. Yep, she, she's playing that role basically perfectly. I think she's doing a great job there. Um, I, I love the fact that Arn brought the Glock. 
finger banged uh, QT in the middle yeah. of the ring, didn't he? He brought the Glock. He shot QT in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Uh, QT trying to run away and then uh, Penta appeared to super kick him and throw him back into the ring and then Arn hits the DDT which takes QT Marshall out of the picture um, and then Wardlow eventually hits some power bombs and is the champion once again something like that right yeah that's pretty much note for note uh, all the other things uh, Hobbs hit a vlog splash anything different um, but yeah after the match uh, Christian interrupts uh, with uh, Luchasaurus and they give a nice little stare down to Wardlow so that looks like what we're setting up next yeah so Luchasaurus and Wardlow for the TNT title I, I can get behind that and if uh, anything we can go off of that probably means Luchasaurus is your next TNT champion <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to leave it back on Wardlow, uh, but I think um, this is going to be like the opposite of the X Division title. Like this isn't about no limits. Like the TNT title is just about the big men. Um, so I think probably after Luchasaurus, we might get Wardlow versus Keith Lee, and then I'm not. Oh, so sure you think who else. Wardlow actually retains against Luchasaurus? I think Wardlow might retain against Luchasaurus. Yeah. I don't think he will. I mean, I mean, his last run lasted three days. Luchasaurus will win and then feud against Keith Lee. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. It's still big men and big men in it. So, but yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Wardlow lose Soros. I think it'll be pretty good. Yeah, that could be a that could be a pay per view match. That could be double or nothing right there. That could be our tar pit match. Yeah, let's Ooh. see Wardlow powerbomb Luchasaurus in a tar pit. There you go. Gets him stuck in there, right? Right. Can't get so out. Pick him up for a second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just has to like put his foot on him and cover him because he can't move out of the tar. Exactly. Right. Perfect. Perfect. How do you rank this dynamite? Um, not as strong as previous Dynamites in the last few weeks. I went with three and a half stars. I fell on three and a half stars as well. I didn't yeah, think it was yeah. quite four stars, but I do think it was a solid Dynamite. So I went three and a half stars. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. We will now jump to Ring of Honor. This was filmed at the UW Milwaukee Panther Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, I don't know what day that means this was taped, but we had two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven matches total on Ring of Honor. Uh, and like I said, a lot of these I feel like would have normally been elevation matches had ring of honor tv not been being filmed at the same time and you'll see what i mean now some of these obviously are ring of honor here right so we have the kingdom matt taven and mike bennett defeating action andretti and darius martin i i could see that still being on ring of honor regardless um willow nightingale defeated robin renegade yeah, lance yeah could have been but uh willow is a staple in roh now so i i see okay, why yeah. she's here robin not so much i think this was her debut in ring of honor they said action andretti this was obviously his first appearance in ring of honor uh lance archer defeated jossie which lance archer used to wrestle in roh when he was teamed up with um davy boy smith jr as the killer elite squad so, okay. but this was his first appearance in ROH in quite some time, and I don't think this match really had a much of a place on this show, but hey, it happened. It was a quick squash. Um, Brian Cage defeated Joey Jett. Okay, that's an ROH match. Athena defeated Heather Reckless in a proving ground match for the ROH women's title. That I understand. <laughs> well, that, they do that on Dark, yes, but Athena yeah. is the ROH women's champion, so I see why it's here. Here we go. Two, four guys that have never been in ROH before. Alex Reynolds and John Silver defeated Cole Carter and Lee Johnson. Okay, yeah. Um, now, this next match features one half of the tag team champions for Ring of Honor, but we do have another debut here. Penta El Zerhamiedo defeated Nicky Boy, Nick Camarado. Kanosuke Takeshita defeated Lee Moriarty. Elio Del Vikingo defeated Gringo Loco, which was amazing. Incredible okay. fucking match. And apparently, 
Gringo Loco is going to be sticking around. Uh, nice, nice. Gringo Loco has been kind of making a name for himself over the last year or so in GCW and other indie shows. Uh, he is a luchador born and raised here in the States uh, from mm-hmm. Chicago, Illinois. Um, amazing what he can do in the ring. I think he's 37 years old. He's been wrestling for like 20 years, just never really got a break anywhere. Yeah, I think I've seen him uh, wrestling in uh, MLW a couple of times. Yeah, so... Based on his performance here, it does sound like Tony Khan at least wants him to maybe stick around for Ring of Honor, which maybe he can then build himself up into, you know, something into AEW. I think that'd be cool for him. So that's a that's a great shot. This next tag match also featured uh, people that had never been in Ring of Honor before. We had the Iron Savages debuting in Ring of Honor, defeating Logan Lynch and Ren Jones. Uh, crowd was surprisingly behind the Iron Savages stupid powerlifting gimmick that they have. <laughs> Nice. And then in the main event, Samoa Joe defeated Colt Cabana to retain the ROH TV title. Okay. So about half of these matches likely shouldn't have been Ring of Honor matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. And was the, was the show itself, was it as good as previous Ring of Honor uh, shows or was it a little lacking? I think it was a little lacking based on the fact that they fluffed it with, you know, what I feel like should have been either dark or elevation matches. Um, but there was some really great stuff on here still. Um, Takeshita and Lee Moriarty went wrestled for 13 minutes. It was the longest match on the show, and it was okay. fucking incredible. Um, nice. Vikingo and Gringo Loco obviously was incredible. Uh, Samoa Joe and Colt Cabana put on a really entertaining match. But that was probably it for me from this one, it were, were those three matches. Where typically, it's like the entire show, I think, is worth watching. This this one I didn't get that vibe from. Do they do, they do a lot of backstage segments? They do some. But not a lot. They do have Lexi Nair, you know, interviewing some people backstage from time to time or doing, you know, like some other various backstage stuff. They do more backstage stuff on here than they do on Elevation or Dark because this is Ring of Honor's only TV show. Yeah. But not as much as Dynamite does. But I thought it was still good. Uh, I think Ring of Honor, Honor Clubs, you know, their subscription service, it's still worth the price. But I hope we don't start seeing, you know, a lot of fluff on these shows like Leave it to Ring of Honor. Like, put put those matches back on elevation. You don't have to have Ring of Honor TV be two hours if you don't have enough content for a week. Just make yeah. it an hour at that to point. Be, to be fair, if we get collision, we get a, uh, a quote-unquote brand split, and TK's just going to rummage the ROH roster because we're going to need more talent. He's going to need more talent. Well, that's... Well, what they could do, if you think about an actual that way, right? Maybe, maybe collision is then the same time that Ring of Honor is filmed. Okay. You know what I mean? So maybe mm-hmm. they film those kind of spots together. So that way there's not so much bleed over with, with dark and elevation, which can then stay with dynamite and rampage. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, yeah, his roster is big, but if it's, we, it's pretty big. If we, if we give everyone spotlight all the time, then we're going to be seeing the same people all the time. If you get me we're like, Oh, here's short spears again this week. <laughs> oh, here's, do you know what I mean? Here's more. Here's another Jericho segment. Here's here's this. Here's that. Um, and then yeah, the divisions like slowly. Even though we've got loads of people, the divisions feel much smaller because we see the same people all the time. Right. I feel you. I feel you. But he does seem to be uh, going on a lucha spree. Oh, we've got Bandido. He's picking up Commander. We've got Drellistico. And we've got Ray Phoenix. We've got Penta. I'm sure if he can sign Vikingo, he will sign Vikingo. Oh, if he can sign Vikingo, he will. Obviously, he might sign Gringo Loco, which, I mean, that, that is lucha still as well, so... Yeah, he's got Grand Metalik, uh, whatever his name is now. Um, I think he just goes by Metalik now. Yeah. Pretty sure, but his actual name is like, what, Mascara Dorado or something like that? Like his other name? Yes, yeah. yeah. But I think in, in ROH, he is Metalik, so. 
Indeed, indeed. And I'm sure there will be more, actually. There likely will be more. I can see TK maybe scooping up some more. So. Need a female luchador, not yeah. Rosa. So she might need actual back surgery now. She might be out for oh, okay. maybe, I don't know, I don't want to say maybe ever, but quite a bit longer than we thought she was going to be. There's potential okay. that she needs back surgery now, so she might be screwed for a bit. <laughs> Uh, shall we move into Rampage? <laughs> yeah, let's do Moving it. into Rampage, still filmed at the Peterson Event Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, seems like most of the crowd stuck around because the crowd was pretty loud for at least a decent amount of this uh, show. It seemed like they were. Not so much with uh, Ring of Honor at the UW Milwaukee Panther Arena, you know, whatever it was called. I think by the time they got to Ring of Honor, there was only like 100 or 200 people left in that arena. <laughs> I was The crowd was absolutely dead during that Ring of Honor show, dude. It, it was sad. It was very, so did very the, sad. Did they put, what was the main event? Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe and Colt Cabana, yeah. What, uh, what point did Vikingo come on? Three matches before that. Okay, so I think you might have had um, people stick around for the Rampage Hour just because, just because the main event was being main evented by Vikingo. Oh! That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying, yep. Like, cause we've had we've had Rampages previously where they've main evented it with, like, uh, no disrespect, like Anna Jay and stuff like that, and all Willow, um, and they just weren't good matches and they weren't worth sticking around. Yeah, I have, I have a feeling, I mean, Pittsburgh wanted to see Vikingo enter Listico. Yeah, yeah. They, they knew what they were getting with this match, so it was probably smart to put that as the main event. And they still put a big star at the beginning, right, with Mox. Mm -hmm. So I think this was good. Instead of putting Mox and Daniels at the main event, that probably would have then maybe made people leave right after the first match. Oh, yeah, I left. <laughs> like, no reason to stick around at that point. Ranked four things, right? Just the four matches? Well, three matches and a segment? I wrote five things, but... Oh, I... wait, five. Yeah, five. My bad. Hang on. Say there was definitely four matches at this No, there was four. Yeah, no, I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. Um, that means I take the lows and you take the highs. Then we flip, right? Yeah. Starting off with my number five. I didn't take a ton of notes for this rampage. I do have a few things written down, but this rampage was absolutely nothing special. On a weird different night because of the playoffs of the, I think the NBA or something, and maybe it was NHL. Um, could have been a number of things. There's a lot of sports things going on right now. This was mm -hmm. on Saturday at the usual time, 10 Eastern. So just a day late. Uh, but they didn't do their so like they didn't do themselves any favors. They didn't give you a reason to tune in on Saturday night, really, except for Drillistico and Vikingo. Number five on my list is the eight man tag: Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and FTR taking on the Varsity Athletes and Slim J. Yeah. Also, I dubbed them Jeff TR, but yes, number five on my Jeff list. Jeff TR. <laughs> Obviously, this seems to just have been done, like, to build some dissension between FTR, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett. Um, I imagine that Lethal and Jarrett will be getting a tag title shot against FTR probably at double or nothing. Yep. So we're going to get a little bit of build to that, which is why we're getting Dax and Jarrett on Dynamite this coming up Wednesday. But this match here lasted at almost 10 minutes, which is shocking um, because I didn't think it actually lasted that long. But um, it didn't have anything special in it, dude. There was nothing special in this match from the time it started yeah. to the time it ended. I can't remember the shine at the beginning, um, but I remember a majority of it was Cash getting uh, beat down and then Jarrett and Lethal not wanting to tag Dax in or something and then we got a hot tag and they did 
they did something. They were all in the ring, and uh, Jeff TR were beating down the other guys. And they, what did they call it? Jeff TR. I hope they use that eventually. That's amazing. Jeff TR. They called it a Donny Brook. Do you know what a Donny Brook is? No, but it sounds like something over here in your neck of the woods. No, no. So there were, there were four guys beating down the other four guys, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we've got a Donny Brook going on in the ring." And then they said, "Oh, it's it again. it's an Australian thing, I guess." Okay. I don't know. I was looking to see where the meaning of the word. I mean, so I mean, it's a scene of uproar and disorder a heated argument free for all brawl like these are the meanings of it but I was trying to see like where does this word come from um, but it says it's named for the Donnybrook Fair a notoriously disorderly event held annually from 1204 until the middle of the 19th century the Donnybrook Fair is in Donnybrook Dublin Ireland so it is over there in your neck of the woods okay they just didn't say it in an Irish accent that's why I didn't pick it up then <laughs> Granted, you're not Irish either. No, no, um, I'm not. But you don't live too far from Ireland. It's it is close to you. It is, it is. Yeah, and then we got a we got a stupid little bit at the end where Dax was holding Mark Sterling, and then Jericho Bop, not Jericho, Jarrett Bop Dax, um, and Dax, Dax was like, "Oh, why'd you why'd you hit me?" And it was like, "Well, you were holding Mark Sterling, and Mark Sterling wiggled out of your arms, so like you must have known that." Do you know what I mean? You let go of him. But yeah, then they started fighting over the fact that Jarrett had bought Dax, and that's that's where our descent comes from, and it was very dumb. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, I couldn't have cared less about this match. Yep, I didn't care either. This was set up on Dynamite, so mm-hmm. Mark Briscoe still involved in this as well. Yeah, and even the even the Mark Briscoe getting involved with the the Jarrett squad um, was all a bit confusing. It's all a bit dumb, but yeah, I give this a four out of ten. I did not like it. I gave this a five out of ten. Yeah. Uh, number one. Yeah, let's go to you. Number, number one. one. Which should be an easy number one. Uh, it's the only thing so you got worth watching on this. The main event, Travis Dakota versus Vikingo. Yep, for the AAA or the ah, as he and Riccoboni likes to say ah. sometimes, mega title. Um, I had this at number one as well. This was fucking awesome. Yeah, we got a tope before the bell and then. Vikingo came back to do his own tope and Travistico moved out of the way, so he just like topeed and like Instagram. And that, that splat he lit, like that, oh dude, it just <laughs> sounds so vicious, that splat on the fucking entrance ramp. <laughs> I don't get how Vikingo takes the bumps he does, man, and he does it so often. He did it on Wednesday night for the Rampage taping on Saturday, right? He goes to fucking GCW and does the same exact shit on Friday night. Like, I don't get how that dude is just able to walk around. It's amazing. Oh, he's, he's like 25, isn't he? Something like that. I mean, I, yeah. I get that he's young, but still, like, your body's got to hurt. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there were reports of uh, Conan telling telling Vikingo to, like, slow it down. Apparently, like, Vikingo needs knee surgery already. He's already fucked his knees. Um, but I did notice, like, when they were chopping each other, like, Vic- I think Vikingo's cheating a little bit. He's got that, like, padded chest thing on, hasn't he? Yeah. So he never, yeah, his chops, like he was giving chops and they sound lighter. And then when he takes chops, they definitely sound muffled because of his padded thing. Yeah. Um, so he gets, a, <laughs> he gets a free ticket there. But yeah, we did get the, um, we got the destroyer on the apron. And then we got a Hurricane Rana from the second rope to the outside, which was pretty good. And then we got a big kick from Vikingo and uh, 360, 360, 630 for the win. But, um, yeah, we didn't get his like top rope modified Spanish fly thing that he usually does before his six thirty. But 
Yeah. Yeah, they they did a couple different things. Jalistico obviously pulling out some new things that I don't think we'd seen from him yet before in this match. Uh his mask looked dope as hell, by the way, mm-hmm. on Rampage. Um and his gear never really does disappoint, but his mask especially was was super cool this past Saturday night. Um I thought this was a great match, man. A fantastic match. I did score it nine, right? Nine out of ten. I didn't give it a perfect ten, but I did give it a nine. Um and I didn't hate after Vikingo got the victory having LFI come down and do the the usual beatdown, right? Like I didn't hate that because that could be setting up Vikingo and Roosh, which I would not hate. Yeah, so I'm wondering whether they're setting Vikingo and Roosh up for AAA like that's Yeah, because that, like that could be a AAA match because eventually when Vikingo loses that title, who knows when it'll be? He's had it for a record-setting number of days, but who knows whenever he will. When he does, it will be at a AAA show. It will not be on American soil. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe the deal with TK was that he gets uh, Vikingo for a couple of shows and then Vikingo and then Conan gets uh, Roosh main event uh, for the title with Vikingo. And I don't think Roosh would win. Yeah, I don't think Roosh would win either. No. But I do think that it would be a great match for a AAA pay-per-view maybe during this, you know... um, their their triple mania 31 stuff over the next several months that could main event one of those cards i could see that happening yeah yeah this was definitely the best thing on rampage oh yeah by by and far uh the only thing worth tuning into and the only reason that i would consider ranking this dynamite or this rampage decently good was because of this match but that match alone isn't enough to save it when we get to my rankings Uh, number four on my list is Julia Hart taking on Kira Hogan. Uh, number three on my list. Ah, uh, you screwed up. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, they weirdly, even though this was in the middle of the show, did not get an entrance for either girl, which I thought was kind of bullshit. Um, both of them have decent entrance themes, especially Julia Hart. Her entrance is amazing. Um, but Kiera, you know, her her theme song is kind of nice too, but they screwed both of them over. Um, neither of them getting an entrance, which was unfortunate. And this match only lasted three minutes. So it was basically a squash match. Um, Julia with a fairly quick win there. And much to my dismay, <laughs> we had Anna J run down for a brawl with Julia Hart after the match, which means that that feud is not over. Yeah, what you said the other week about please don't book them together. Um, yeah, they, they immediately just threw them right back in there. Yep, right yeah. together again. And uh, Anna Jay's got like black stuff over her eyes, obviously, because she got the mist, and she was like, you did this to me. You did this. So, I don't know. Is, is Anna Jay eventually going to turn and join with Julia no. Hart or... No, but that'd be a, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But don't put them in a match again either. <laughs> what are you doing, TK? <laughs> hey, this what is are you gonna, doing this, here? This is going to be your double or nothing semi main event last Oh, this the blow off. Yeah, it's the cooldown match before the, the pillar fatal four way. That won't even be. No, that'll be a good match. It's just the build up to that match is going to suck. The match itself will be great, I'm sure. The oh, build up is going to be awesome. should be amazing. Yeah. The buildup's just going to be atrocious to get to. Um, this, this, you know, I I hope this doesn't lead to a pay-per-view match between Julia and Anna. I really do. I hope it doesn't lead to that. I could see it happening. I will say that. I could see it happening. But I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what we need. No, we I mean, probably that's what don't we need want. It. I don't know that, I mean, <laughs> there are some people that probably want that for specific reasons but um it's not going to be good again it's not going to be any better than what we saw three weeks ago yeah i would i would i would like a julia hart pay-per-view entrance um and it does seem like we might lean on the younger talent for this pay-per-view obviously with the with the pillars being the main event 
then why not have some of the younger faces actually in matches? So I don't know has Anna Jay ever had an actual pay per view match, like a proper one. I know Julia Hart's been. I don't know actually. Julia Hart's been at the side of the House of Black during pay per views, but she never had pay per view matches. She. I don't think but, so. Yeah, might be cool to see these people get some pay per view matches, but we'll we'll see when the card arrives. <laughs> Got to start building soon. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure you were happy to see this feud continue. Yeah, I, I was purely happy just for the fact that you said the other week, please don't make a wrestle again. Yeah, and then here they go. Here they go. Gotcha. Here they go. What's your number two? My number two, um, I don't know why, is going to be Mox versus Danielson. Okay. I had that at number three. Yeah, that number one. Sorry? I had that at number three. Fair, fair. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like, number one was easy. And number two, three, four, and five, I could have put in the bin. I didn't care. Yep. No, that's exactly what it was for me, too. I gave most things a five out of ten on this rampage. Like, Mox, Daniels, the segment we haven't talked about yet, Julia, Kiera, eight-man tag. I gave all all five out of ten. And then the main event I gave a nine out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we got a top rope back scratch, an avalanche back scratch, sorry. Um we got a Falcon Arrow from Daniels, which is I like to see. Um but Mox never really broke a sweat, did he? And then he shook his hands and he walked away at the end of it. And I was I know they still sort of did rectify it later on in the night. But well, yeah, and then they beat the shit weird. out of Daniels, right? Sman- yeah. Slamming his head into the uh, to the locker multiple times. But I thought we'd, I thought we're past this now. I know we're not past like the Blackpool Combat Club being assholes, but the fact that the Blackpool Combat Club came face to face with the elite and they started balling with each other, then surely the storyline should just be focused on those two together. We don't need matches where it's Daniel, uh, where it's Mox versus. I know Daniels is a veteran, but he was essentially enhancement talent in this match. Yeah. Um, we don't need that kind of thing. Like, that's not adding to the story anymore. Uh, um, the only way it could be is if they use Daniels' ties to, like, the Bucks and stuff in Southern California, right? Okay. I guess I could maybe see that, right? Maybe them getting upset about what happened to CD. He's on Being the Elite a lot, so he's one of those guys. Part of the California um, clique. Yeah, part of the California clique, exactly. So I could see that maybe being some... Oh, my cat just walked up to me. She must have been sitting by the heater. She is so... I was like, why are you so warm? It's just one side of her body, though. <laughs> the other side's cold. It's just one side is completely warm. <laughs> oh, silly cat. But yeah, the uh, this was the opening to Rampage. Obviously, you know, since they put Vikingo and Julie Skill in the main event, yeah, good idea putting Mox at the start, try to rope people in that are tuning in on a Saturday night, but... I didn't really like this match at all, so it was not for me. Not me neither. One thing left? One thing left, which this is your number four? Four, yeah. Okay, I had this at number two. Okay. Um, and I had it at number two because, you know, it was it was fairly entertaining. I, I, I appreciate seeing the Hardys back together in AEW, Matt and Jeff, kind of palling around with Isaiah Cassidy and Hook. Um, I like that Hook is being utilized in this feud and it is showing more of a personality now. I think it will eventually lead to a stronger character for Hook. Um, so so I do think putting him in here is a, is a smart call. I think it's good. But again, I rank this so high because I'm, I'm very proud of Jeff. Okay, and I, and yeah. I'm, I'm liking what he's saying on when he gets on the mic, right? Like he... He's being his cryptic weird self, but there's meaning behind the words that he's saying. And, I, and I'm really proud of the progress that he's made. Uh, I liked the fake out, right? He's like, I'm going to retire from from screwing up, basically. Like, that was a really <laughs> cool thing to say. Yeah. Um, 
I'm hopeful for him, man. He said he wants to retire, right? He wants to go out on a high note instead of all the bullshit that he's done throughout his life. And in, and and at his age, right? And how old is Jeff Hardy now? I mean, I'm I'm 37. Jeff Hardy is 45. So, you know, Jeff's got 8 years on me. Um I can already feel like I don't I don't put my body through the same uh destruction that these guys do. Yeah, how many swantons can you do, Brian? Yeah, I, I mean, I I've done zero through my life and I don't think I could do one. But yeah. I know I I could it just wouldn't look good. Um, <laughs> but I've done zero in my life. Uh, maybe I've done some flips on a trampoline when I was little, but not like actually onto some boards like these guys do all the time. And they're in a wrestling ring. Um, I don't I haven't destroyed my body. So at 37 now, like just all the years that I've sat in a chair gaming or working at a PC in front of a screen, my lower back hurts. I can already tell like, yeah, and you know, there are bits of my back that sucks or bits of my body that I feel like are falling apart in eight more years when I'm 45. I probably will feel the same way. I want to wind down. But if I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, I would want to go out on a high note. Right. And that's kind of the the, the thought process that I feel like Jeff might have might have realized over the last mm-hmm. nine months after what happened. Like, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to go out? And I think that might be on the forefront of his mind right now. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I'm I'm super proud of the the progress that he's made. I do hope that, you know, he's going to be able to stick around for another couple more years um, and, and have this be kind of like a final run. It would I, I don't want to see him get like a main event singles title run, but it would mm-hmm. be cool to even see him in some like singles feuds before he retired. Right. Like not just tag feuds with with Matt, like maybe a feud with somebody else. I don't know who, but it would be kind of cool. Yeah, he did. He did say in his uh, little promo thing that. He wants to do his final days in AEW or something like that. I can't remember yeah. exactly what the line was, but yeah, close out his final final days of his career here. Um, so yeah, yeah, looks like he's gonna rearrange for a bit, just how long left. Yeah, and I'm okay with that as long as you can still go and as long as you you know can cannot fall back into those same traps that that keep sucking you back in then i think he's got at least a few more years left before he probably steps away for good um but this did eventually lead to stokely hathaway appearing on the big screen uh which led to the firm we had lee moriarty we had uh big bill uh i don't remember who else was out there but there were some attacks from behind by the firm and this was more just to build toward that eventual deletion match uh, which I guess is going to be at the Hardy compound. So it will be a cinematic match. Uh, and it's been a minute since we've had one of those. So I'm actually looking forward to this. Oh, fucking well hope for this thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually looking forward to this. It's been quite a, it's been a minute since we've had, it's been since like the pandemic since we've had a cinematic match. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I'm ready for another. I miss these. So I think um, Matt Hardy came out and said, like, it will be, I think he said there will be cameos. Uh, but he also said that it will be within, like, the AEW universe. I imagine so they're going to do this at Double or Nothing. Yeah, yeah. But then he also said it is going to be quite grounded in realism. So I don't think we're going to get, like, um, the Lake of Reincarnation and stuff like that. Uh, we're probably just going <laughs> to get some weird other things, you know what I mean? I don't, hopefully we don't get Reppy Hardy playing the piano and stuff. Oh, um, dude. That's always the best part. That is. What are you talking about? She's great. <laughs> Next segment, please. <laughs> well, there is no other segments. That's the end of Rampage, um, which means that we, before we move into our rankings, because this segment does feature Hook, we still need to do a little Hook of the Week. What the hook gonna be? 
Sev, two weeks ago when we last were here, I did the Easter egg kit, like the little dipper hook that comes with the, the coloring kits you can get. Not really a hook. I did stretch some lines there just to include it and be timely for Easter. This week, the honor falls to you. What is our hook of the week? Oh, hook of the week. This week, I've just sent you, Brian. This is a little game. Um, it's called <laughs> oh God. Hook Cat. Oh God. Uh, this can be found on uh, Windows. I believe it's like an Itch.io game or something. I will state it's not very... Um, it's not going to light the world on fire. Let's put it that way. But I, I really yeah, graphically, liked... it's not anything special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely like um, someone's first game or like a hobbyist sort of game. But I like the official description. Uh, so I'm going to read a little part of that now. Uh, it says, July 1960. The air is warm and stuffy and you have just found your favorite rubber duck run over and without a head in front of your home. Your hair begins to rise as you swiftly grab your coat, hat and trusted hook shot and venture out to track the culprit down and make them pay for their crimes. <laughs> your, fav- your favorite rubber duck was run over. Right. And you, you play as a cat, I'm assuming? Yeah, see, the, the graphics are, like, top-down, um, fairly blocky. Uh, but, yeah, you do play as a cat with a hook shot, which hence the name Hook Cat. And for those that don't know, if a video game has a cat in it, Sev's probably going to buy it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to put it on my radar. Well, was, there was a couple cat games in that Indie World Showcase last week for Nintendo. We had that Calico Cat board game with, like, matching tiles. Yeah, and you know the best cat one they had was called... And the, the one in the montage. Little Kitty. Little yeah. Kitty Big City. Little oh, Kitty Big City. <laughs> <laughs> you just steal a bit of pizza and run away with it. Um, yeah, Little Kitty Big City. What a name. That's, Sev's, that's, a, that's a purchase for Sev right there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, your hook this week. This this came out on Ju- June twelfth, huh? June twelfth of twenty twenty one. Published by doesn't say, but trans games, I think. Transcendent Games. Okay. I'm just looking at the the Moby Games is the website. Oh, okay. Uh, bad, my bad. I think Transcendent Games is the publisher maybe yeah transcendent games publisher and developer okay nice nice go check it out uh, i don't know how much it costs it's probably free if it's on itch.io but uh hook cat it's not a very good art it's like his hook shot is a like a plunger gun <laughs> to, be fair, to, to be fair i think if, if even like three people go and check it out it's probably going to be like a big booster <laughs> Do you know what i mean like oh my game's resurging why is it resurging uh, um, blood and destroyers giving you that hook of the week shout out go check it out hook cat All right. Ranking Rampage, I would go with, like I said, the main event is definitely going back and worth watching. But this Rampage itself is is very much a a filler show outside of that. So I would go with two stars. Yeah, it was getting... It was getting a 1.5 if it wasn't for that main event. Um, but yeah, it's at a 2 for me. Yep. And and that main event was probably a four-star match, right? That was a mm-hmm. fucking awesome, awesome main event. It's just sad that the rest of the show didn't support that main event to make this a, a solid rampage. So, But looking ahead, we do have a pretty interesting-looking Dynamite this coming up Wednesday night from... I wonder where they are. I guess I should probably always start pulling that up now. This Wednesday night, they are at the... The FLA Live Arena.
Arena in Sunrise, Florida for a Dynamite Rampage duo taping. Dynamite, like I said, looking good. We don't know anything for Rampage at this Friday night, though it will be back on its normal time. Thank God. We have the TBS title on the line as Jade Cargill defends against Taya Valkyrie. Very interested to see what they do here, like we said earlier. Um, I don't know that they end the streak on a Dynamite, but I hope they do. They end the, T- the TBS title on TNT. True. <laughs> in picture in picture, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. The, the half nine slot. I, I don't know if there. I don't know if Jade's losing, okay. but I hope she does. I hope she does, but I don't know that she does here. I could see maybe a rematch taking place. Maybe something happening. You know what's going to happen. Here, Here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Taya Valkyrie is going to hit the jaded. She's going to hit the roads to Valhalla. Something's going to happen to where, like, you know, Smart Mark gets this match thrown out because she hit roads to Valhalla. See, they did do a segment on Rampage where they've said that... They did. That's what made me think of it. They did. Yeah, that move's banned for Taya. If she does it, she'll be disqualified. That's so, what. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what's going to happen. She's going to hit roads to Valhalla. The referee's not going to see her hit it or something, right? But some somehow that's going to come into play where Jade is able to retain... And they will set up a rematch probably for double or nothing. Maybe Taya even wins on Dynamite, but it gets overturned like a week later because she used Rhodes to Valhalla. Okay. So yeah. the streak is still intact. Maybe it's something like that. Shenanigans, mate. Shenanigans. Yeah. All leading to a legit match at the pay-per-view where Jade would likely lose. That's my guess. That's my guess. Lose clean, I should say. Yeah, she hasn't really got enough time to build another feud, a uh, meaningful feud, before the pay-per-view comes along. So, yeah, it needs right. to be tired, realistically. Yeah, that's why I think this gets stretched to that, even though the match is taking place this Wednesday night. So, we'll no, see. Not, yeah. The next match in the Pillars Tournament, Darby Allen will be taking on Sammy Guevara. We should see our usual shenanigans here from MJF that we saw last week. Yep, yep. we'll get it. Uh, Sammy will win that match. And then, you know, like I said, we will still find out that it will be a fatal four-way at the pay-per-view, but we won't find that out this week. We will hear from Adam Cole after the attack from Jericho Appreciation Society on Britt Baker. He'll be out there talking, I'm sure calling out Jericho and, and Soraya. We'll hear from Wardlow and Arn Anderson after Wardlow picked up the TNT title last week. Dax Harwood is taking on Jeff Jarrett in singles action. We will hear from Tony Khan, which I don't know what that's about. It's not even an announcement. He just wants to say hi. Yeah, he's not even, it didn't even say he's got a big announcement. We're just going to hear from him. So I want to know what that's about. Check in with the listeners. Hey guys, anyone want to watch my show, please? Uh, tag team action, Kenny Omega and uh, Kenosuke Takeshita taking on the Butcher and the Blade, which should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we have an international title match, Orange Cassidy defending against Bandito, which should be a fucking great match. Should be a very good match, yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad to see Bandito again. It's been a minute since we've seen him. Yeah, was he was he injured or something? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe he, maybe he was filling some dates in Mexico or something. I don't know. Maybe he went back down there to fulfill some dates. I'm not sure. I, I can't imagine he would have just disappeared so quickly after getting signed. But then again, it is AEW, and that does happen. So he might have just been sitting there on the sidelines waiting for a few weeks as well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I do think this looks like a really good looking dynamite this Wednesday night. Yeah, not bad. One I'll be happy to tune into. Yeah, can't wait. I'll be there. I'll be chatting in Discord, like usual. Um, nothing for this Friday, like I said, on Rampage, which means before we get on out of here, Sev, we still need to do the burial ground. So hit the gong. Two weeks ago, I sent Mrs. Benedict down in the burial ground. <laughs> 
And I brought Jay White up. This week's of It Falls to You. Who's going down? Who's coming up? Um, so, unfortunately, going down this week is going to be Mr. P- Powerhouse Hobbs. Okay. Um, okay. Because he's dropped his TNT title and that feud is already moving on to somebody else. Dropped so, his uh, title, lost his book. Did. Got a Powerbomb Symphony and now Wardlow's got a new challenger. So, I look forward to seeing Will Hobbs back on. Lost his car. <laughs> Wardlow destroyed it with a forklift that he forgot oh, to put did, the parking yes. brake on. Yes. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, and then go, going up this week, uh, there's only someone, one person who really deserves it, um, and because they put the work in, that's going to be Mr. Jeff Hardy. Welcome. Good choice, man. Welcome Good back. choice. Well done for coming back and uh, looking better than ever, or looking in the best shape you have for a while. I really like that choice, man. I do. I like I said, I, I am impressed with the progress that he's made and his outlook right now on life. So I do hope this is a, a sign of good things to come for him. That's a mm-hmm. good choice. That's a good choice. That's a great burial ground. Powerhouse Hobbs going down this week and Jeff Hardy rightfully on the rise. But Sev, I will think, uh, I do think that'll bring us to the close of the show then, unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get out of here. Oh, that's it. Let's go. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Apologies for skipping last week. Like I said, it will probably happen again from time to time, but that will unfortunately bring us to the close of the show. And we do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers and all the wrestling podcasts made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, in those show notes will be a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of the show, of course, is going to be theme song of the week as usual. Two weeks ago, I did go with 50 Cent's Many Men. I left it in there. Didn't hear anything on it, so I, I, I left it in there. Uh, you know, didn't get any reports on any copyright strikes or anything, so I think we're okay. <laughs> nice, nice. This week, Sev, the honor falls to you. What is going to be our theme song of the week? So this week we're going with the Switchblade because Bullet Club's got talent. Hell yeah. Jay White's theme. We will close out then with, I believe the theme is just called Switchblade, rightfully so. Uh, Jay White's AEW theme. Now hit the music. Bullet Club.